Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on this planet. I'm your host, Desmond Novak, episode five. Going to be hitting a little bit of a week two preview of the Giants Cardinals game. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, Giants Cardinals, week two after what I said in the last episode was the worst Giants game I've ever witnessed in my 20 years of life. Obviously, I haven't been watching the Giants for all 20 years as I didn't have a conscious until I was probably three or four, but I digress. Pretty bit, pretty important game for week two, because if the Giants lose this and I'm not I'm not going to lie, it's probably over for the season. Like I don't like hitting the panic button so early, but considering the manner in which the Giants lost last week, if they lose to a team like the Cardinals, man, that's that's pretty bad that's pretty that's really bad that's not pretty bad that's really bad um injury report for this week it's just uh three players one is not good one is not surprising and one is also not surprising hilariously enough so we have just two guys on doubtful which is Wandell Robinson to be expected coming back from an ACL injury was I think taken off the PUP but it's still going to need time the other being Aziz Ojolari, which is just not good. Missed most of last season due to various injuries, and now is popping up after just week one with a hamstring injury. And as we all know in football, especially as Giants fans, hamstring injuries are not good. <laughs> like They will affect a player for an entire season, and I'm hoping Aziz can come back from this. He's probably definitely not going to play if it's a hamstring injury. Hoping that he doesn't miss too much time like he did last season, but we'll see. And then for questionable, we just have Andrew Thomas. Again, not surprising, not good at all. Uh, I haven't heard much on whether he not he's going to play. It's seeming kind of likely. However, in my opinion, I would much rather rest him this week and save him for a game like the Niners. I believe he also has a hamstring injury, which is hilarious because with all this stuff with MetLife Turf recently, it's been like torn ACLs and knee issues. Now we've had a lot of hamstring issues and Stuff like, I mean, hamstring isn't below the knee, but like other stuff below the knee for player injuries so far, just not, not good, not good at all. Um, again, I would rather keep Thomas out. The Cardinals have a very good, uh, they have a good, they have a good pass rush. I wouldn't say very good. They have a very fine pass rush core, but not one like the Niners where like if Thomas re-aggravates that injury this week and we miss him for week three, like the Giants are definitely going to lose against the Niners. Personally, I'd rather put in Joshi Zudu for a game. He looked, he only played like 10, 15 snaps last week against the Cowboys, but he looked pretty good. Was getting out of his stance very fast. Had some nice counters off of uh, defensive linemen, edge rushers. He, he looked good. Like he looked good compared to last season. Moving him to tackle could be the way to go. I have no idea. I didn't do look into him much in his whole pre, pre-draft uh, analysis, but Hopefully he can just be an, a, a good player for us. I doubt I don't see him having a future at guard considering as not good as the guard position is. There's a lot of depth and compared to tackles where you have Matt Pert and that's kind of it. Surprised that they didn't really throw Marcus McKeithen in 
uh, last week. He might still be doing with rehab injury issues like Wendell Robinson. Not sure. But back to Aziz Ojolari, like I said, missed a lot of games last season, only played seven. Can he just, he cannot have another injury riddled season? The Giants can't afford to deal with that with the lack of edge depth that they already have. I get they did bring Carlos Basham in. They do have Jihad Ward, but those guys aren't really the game changers that Aziz could be. Aziz, I will say, if he's not getting a sack, he's not providing much for the Giants, but that's like, that's fine. Like, he's a very productive pass rusher. Like, only played seven games last year, and I believe he had five and a half, six and a half sacks, which is like an absurd amount, especially, again, when you consider that he was dealing with injuries. Just someone they can't really afford to have miss a lot of games. Hopefully, if he misses this week, we see a bit of an emergence out of Carlos Basham. That would be really great because the Giants, they need a pass rusher to step up. Last week was bad. I don't think the Giants registered a sack, and if they no, I don't think they did. The more I'm thinking about it, I don't think they did. Because I know Kayvon and Aziz didn't even register a pressure. Dexter had a great game. He didn't get a sack. Leonard Williams had a good game. He didn't get a sack. Yeah, I just I don't think they got a sack, at least not from their main five pass rushing core, which is not good for how much money they're making, at least with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, which they both had good games, just didn't get a sack. But yeah, this week, the offensive line, they... It has got to play better, man. There's there's really no other way around it. The entire team, offensively at least, is relying on the offensive line to finally step up. Uh, regardless of if, of if Andrew Thomas plays, they, they have to be better. They just have to be better. I like I cannot continue to watch this team throw out such garbage offensive lines every week. It's it's so painful for like someone like me who loves watching trench work. Just it it's painful. Um. I will say the Cardinals had six sacks last week, which a lot of people are kind of like looking at that and panicking because the Cowboys had seven sacks. But I will say a lot of the sacks were Sam Howell's fault. Like he's a young quarterback. I think I think I read that he if he didn't have the most time to throw in the NFL last week, he was up there. So that kind of shows like, yeah, he just wasn't getting the ball out fast enough. But then again, Daniel Jones was trying to get the ball out fast enough. And he still had to sack seven times, even though some of them were his fault too speaking of which Daniel Jones he needs to step up there were a lot of plays when I was watching film where I'm like dude how did you miss that guy and I will say I'm not too concerned Daniel Jones did have I won't say a rough week one last season but he didn't look like he did the rest of the season so maybe it can be similar to last year where he has a rough week one turns it around the rest of the season everything's fine not a, still not an ideal way to start, but we'll see. Again, offensive line has to help him out. I'm not going to put ever all the blame on the offensive line, especially after watching film. Like for example, the I think it was a Saquon Barkley interception where you know Barkley caught it, got popped, picked. Last week I said that wasn't his fault, and I'm not going to entirely blame it on Daniel Jones because at the end of the day, like it's hard to blame a quarterback when your receiver drops a ball and it gets picked. But he had a guy wide open down left and I understand the need to not really panic but get the ball out quick because you don't want to get hit but at the same time if you're making 40 million dollars a year and you demand that much money you need to make that throw but I feel like this is something I kind of talked about last year obviously I didn't have the show last year but uh, something I, I would bring up often is I feel like Daniel Jones is like has PTSD almost to where 
he doesn't always register how much time he has to throw the ball because of how awful the offensive line has been his entire career. Like we're in year four, four or five. I think I can't do math in my head right now. We're in year four or five and he's at an awful offensive line every single year of his career. So it's difficult for a guy like that to be like, Oh wow, I actually have time to throw the ball. Not saying he had time to throw the ball last week, but like, He's a lot more determined to get the ball out quick and avoid the hit than stand in the pocket for even half a second longer and see if something opens up. That is a problem. I'm not saying like this is a good thing. Like that is a problem and something he needs to work on, but it's just a little bit of insight on the, as to why he might be so quick to just dump the ball off. But yeah, so something I do want to talk about. This goes back to the offensive line. I spent a lot of time talking about the offensive line. Bobby Johnson. I don't like criticizing coaches on a public scale because I'm not an offensive line coach. I would love to be one day. That's kind of like my goal. But he's been saying some, for a lack of a uh, better term, dumb things, uh, especially today in interviews. Like they were talking about how they wanted to treat, talking, he was talking about treating players' mentalities differently or the press was sorry and he was like oh we treat everyone the same we're not going to treat evan neal differently like what like what do you mean you're not gonna you're not gonna treat your seventh overall pick second year right tackle who's been struggling differently that makes no sense you can't look at this as one big unit it is one big unit, obviously, but you need to focus on your guys separately. That's how you develop them, which is goes into my my bigger issue with Bobby Johnson of how he's been around for a long time with the Giants now, and no one has gotten better aside from Andrew Thomas. But I feel like that's more on him being an anomaly and being just basically one of, if not the best tackles in football, as opposed to a Bobby Johnson thing. No one has gotten better. Will Hernandez got worse. Evan Neal has looked awful. Uh, Mark Lewinsky got worse in one year. John Feliciano got worse in one year. Everyone who has come to join the Giants, offensive line-wise, has gotten worse since Bobby Johnson's been around, aside from Andrew Thomas. That is a problem. And hearing him say, like, oh, we're not going to treat anyone differently, that just makes me feel like he's not trying to individually work with these guys and make them better because at the end of the day you can have that big group but if you even have one guy struggling the whole team is going to suffer and that's a problem that's what has been happening with the Giants last week Thomas played well Ben Bredesen played solid John Michael Schmitz looked great for a rookie in his in his uh career opener Mark Lewinsky and Evan Neal looked terrible and I'm not gonna say they cost the Giants a game but they were a big factor in the loss and to look at that and be like no we're not gonna treat them differently we're not gonna treat you know we're not going to help them more than anyone else like that's just stupid <laughs> like at the end of the day that is stupid and i think he said something else i'm, I'm trying to find it right now it, this is all i believe coming from today but it's just it's really frustrating oh right so in the preseason the giants were running a lot of different rotations uh in the interior offensive line running they were running like uh ben Burns and a right guard uh, Izudu at left and right guard, just not really sticking with a consistent offensive line in the preseason. And while it's nice to see guys try different, you know, different positions, see what they can do and whatnot, it doesn't build chemistry. And as we've seen, 
especially on the right side with Mark Wominski and Evan Neal, they don't have chemistry. Like when they play with each other, I don't know if they're not communicating, but there are a lot of moments where it feels like Evan Neal should be picking up Glowinski's guy. Glowinski's guy should be picking up um, Evan Neal's guy. And like that just shows me the difference between like the Cowboys offensive line and the Giants. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but the Cowboys center, Tyler. I, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm not going to try because I don't want to embarrass myself. There was a play drop back in coverage. Notice that his gap was wide open. There was no one there. And then immediately knew that there was going to be someone on the left side rushing turned around, made the block. We never see anything like that of the Giants because I feel like they don't have the chemistry with one another to do that. And that's a problem. That's a Bobby Johnson problem because I, I just, I feel like he's just not a very good offensive line coach. That, 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 that is the point I'm trying to get across. I simply don't think Bobby Johnson's a great offensive line coach, especially when I look at all these other teams that draft these guys like the Eagles. The Eagles every year, have like a new offensive lineman pop up and just be great. Isaac Samalo, Jordan Mailata, like never played a snap of football in the NFL, goes to the Eagles and is one of the better left tackles in the NFL. And obviously they've had their two consistent guys and uh, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, who were just meant to be some of the best players ever at their positions. But the rest of the line has been not a turnstile, but like just random guys filling in over the years and now they kind of have their core of Landon Dickerson and Mylotta, but like those guys weren't top picks they weren't and then you have the Giants who spend multiple top picks like second round on Will Hernandez all that money on Nate Solder first round or second round on John Michael Schmitz first round Evan Neal first round Andrew Thomas and they still have one of the worst offensive lines in the league not to mention other free agent signings like uh Gominski, Feliciano, not big moves by any means, but still, it, it just really makes me think of how much different this Giants team could look like if they had someone other than Bobby Johnson. Maybe I, I am not going to lie. If the offensive line continues to struggle, I could very easily see Joe Shane removing Bobby Johnson next offseason, bringing in someone. I've seen a lot of guys mention. I believe the Steelers' offensive line coach. I would love that. I just, I really, it, it hurts to see the Giants bring in so much talent and watch them all get worse. Because at the end of the day, it just really does feel like it's a Bobby Johnson problem. Anyways, back to the game. Giants-Cardinals. Very worried for me personally about this Cardinals defense. They did play the Commanders last week. So, like, not, obviously, I'm not going to talk much garbage because the Commanders won. The Giants didn't. The Commanders won by three. The Giants got blown out by 40. So, um, but the, the Cardinals did force three turnovers. Only touchdown from for the Cardinals in this game came from defense on, I believe, a Sam Williams fumble recovery. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's who I'm thinking of. Um, they their defense just looked great. Like the Commanders couldn't get much done. Sam Howell was really struggling. Like I said, he really didn't know when to get the ball out. Has me worried because. The commanders definitely have a better offensive line. They don't have that top tier guy like Andrew Thomas, but I have no doubt in my mind that like every other position on the line, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle is probably better. Um, and they really struggled. Like they couldn't, they couldn't get down the field. They have, I won't say they have better weapons, but they have guys like Terry McLaurin that really didn't have a great game, but on the contrary to their defense, the Cardinals defense being great, their offense was really bad like their offense was really bad and the Giants have to take advantage of this 
for like they're starting Josh Dobbs, dude. Like if the Giants lose to Josh Dobbs after getting blown out 40 to nothing, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like I I'm going to be so upset because it's just we just made the playoffs, man. And we're going to come out and start the season off 0 and 2 against the Cowboys and Joshua Dobbs. Like come on, man. I'm confident though. Josh Jobs didn't play very well. They had a the Cardinals had a very nice short game going. Like he had a lot of completions and a lot of attempts, but only like a little over a hundred yards, no touchdowns. Fumbled the ball three times. He has like a ridiculous amount of fumbles for the considering he's I think he has seven fumbles in three games, which is like pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Something the Giants have to take advantage of. Hence why I'm so upset that Aziz isn't playing because the Giants pass rush, they have to attack Dobbs early on. They have to get to him. Make him make mistakes. Make Josh Dobbs like we 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 can't lose to Josh Dobbs. If we lose, I it, this is no disrespect to Josh Dobbs. He is like unironically one of my favorite personalities in the NFL. I love him. Like he's a very very cool guy. He's not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> he's not a starting caliber quarterback. Like if the if the Cardinals are playing Kyler Murray, that's one thing. Like I I I would almost expect the Giants to lose that game. But God, man, they're starting Josh Dobbs. Like we, there is no, no chance that we lose to him. If they beat us on the ground game, whatever, man. James Conner's a fine running back. They have a very solid offensive line. It just can't be Josh Dobbs. He can't be the one to beat us. We'll see, though. I mean, they have very, they have fine weapons. Trey McBride was a very fun prospect to watch out of. Colorado State, if I'm not mistaken, I he came from a very weird school. Marquise Brown's a speed demon. Going to be that's like that's going to be a really fun matchup. I know uh, uh, Deontay Banks has been dealing with I think I think a hamstring injury to add on to it, but him and Marquise Brown, if they match up against one another, is going to be really fun to watch. Like just a young rookie, like press corner against his speed demon. But yeah, there there's no excuses this week. Like, I get the Giants lost to the Cowboys. It was a really bad game. But we're talking about the Cardinals, man. With all due respect to that organization, to Josh Dobbs, everyone involved, they are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They were last year. They're probably going to be this year. If the Giants want to make the playoffs, again, in the year of our lore, 2023, they need to dominate the Cardinals. They This can't be a one-score, barely squeaking by game like, Every game was last week. They need to dominate games like this. Like dominating a bottom feeder team is what is going to separate the giants from those mid tier teams. The giants can't afford to be in these very close games anymore. Like last year, like the Jack against the Jaguars early on against the Packers, the Ravens, the Titans, all those mid tier level teams. They can't afford to be close with them. They need to separate themselves from those teams rise above and hopefully make the playoffs. I hope like I see a lot of people saying that, like I saw like Theo Ash saying that like the giants were a prime team for regression. And while I guess I can kind of understand that simply for the difference in schedule, because the giants went from one of the easiest schedules to one of the more difficult schedules from last to this season. But I feel like the amount of talent they added and the progression of players is going to make up for that. I'm just going to completely put week one behind us. Like I'm, I'm going to act like that didn't happen. I'm trying to forget about it because it still haunts me when I think about it. But again, end of the day, 
the Giants can't let Josh Dobbs beat them. It, like James Conner can pop off. Their defense can play great. Don't let a quarterback like Josh Dobbs beat you. I feel so bad. I hate disrespecting guys, but he's just, he's not an NFL star. He's not a starting caliber quarterback. He's very easily an NFL. He's a great backup, not a starting guy. Like I could honestly, if he has another, another tough game like last week, I could see them benching him because I think they have a rookie playing behind him. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised that they are playing Dobbs because he might, he might not be better than the rookie. But if I'm the Cardinals and I know that Kyler Murray is going to be gone for probably half the season, I'd honestly rather just tank. You don't have to go for Caleb Williams, but if you can drop to like the four or five pick, you can draft a very talented player, come back next season with Kyler Murray and probably make the playoffs again. But hopefully, hope I'm, I'm just hoping. That's all I can do at this point is hope. Hope that Brian Dable actually has his team ready. I'm hoping Andrew Thomas doesn't play. I, for the simple fact of I don't want him to re-aggravate the hamstring injury before they the Giants go up and get, play against the Niners, play against Nick Bosa, which is just a terrifying thought. Man, that actually, that's really scary. I really hope Andrew Thomas is healthy. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long season probably, and within the most like respectful way. I love the Giants, but. Their schedule is wildly different from last year. And we saw last week that as much as the Giants, I do think that they are a better team. They're still not in the Cowboys, Eagles, like that top tier. They're going to be fighting for a wild card spot, but it's going to be a couple years before we see them. And I and I'm going to be honest, if Bobby Johnson is still the offensive line coach in a couple years, we might not see that happen. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't have much confidence in Bobby Johnson. Like like I was saying before, I, I it's pretty hilarious to think about how many offensive linemen have come to the Giants and have consistently gotten worse since joining them and being coached by Bobby Johnson. And I it's just again, all due respect. I just the way he talked about his players and his methods of coaching today uh, in interviews after practice really doesn't have me confident. Like just the way he's been treating Evan Neal yuck. I don't like I don't like that kind of mentality, but hopefully he'll improve. Hopefully Evan Neal will have a much better game. I hope he does. Like it, it, he was getting beat by Dorrance Armstrong, man. They're, they're, they're the 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 bar is in hell. <laughs> the bar is so far down in hell for Evan Neal to play better. That like if he even just allows like no sacks and like only four pressures, that's an improvement. That's a good, good for you. Good game, man. Good game. But we'll see. But for now, that's where it's going to be where I close it. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see y'all after week two against the Cardinals. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.